Amen. Isn't that nice? I see in the back Matt and uh, Marissa Baker back there. Uh, Matt and Marissa out of Victory Church. Matt served on our uh, facilities team for a while, finishing Southeastern. They went to Italy. Marissa's parents, of course, have been missionaries her entire life. Uh, they're MAs, missionary associates, but while being in Italy where they were working, the church that they were working in, the pastor and his spouse uh, died in a tragic uh, accident. And as a result, guess what? Here they are as MAs. All of a sudden, their pastor, they leaned on, is not there, and Matt and Marissa had to take over a large responsibility of that church. You talk about baptism by fire. I'm here to tell you, if you think the church is dead and dying, you look at these, this young couple, you look at that young couple over there, God is still on the throne and still doing great and mighty things. Amen. And we don't want to get in their way. Now, I know you're going to be able to do better than that because we have an online audience right now around the world. Would you welcome them? Let's give them a great hand clap. I think one of the beauties of being a Christian is the joy of knowing that you can feel the presence of God's Holy Spirit, that He is not something that is academic to us alone, but He is a real person. He is a real being. The Bible said He resides in us that power of the anointing of the Holy Spirit, thereby giving us the opportunity to distribute and manifest the fruit of the Spirit. We know that we were wonderfully created. That's what the Bible says, wonderfully created. Here's what he says, that we have great physical attributes. We have amazing intellectual and mental abilities of which most of us never tap, even close the majority of our mental ability because it is so complex we have unlimited spiritual opportunities. But as good as that is, and as wonderful as the human body is, and as complex as our minds might be, as wonderful of our imagination, one day that physical body is going to cease to exist, and in fact, it is going to die. But you see, God has a plan that says that's not just who you are. That just houses the true you. The true you is the presence of a mighty God. He supernaturally lives in you. And as in Bob Singleton's case, when his body gave up his spirit, his body is still here. But I'm telling you, his spirit is in the presence of a mighty God. You and I must understand that we might be human beings, but we are a, of a supernatural order as it relates to our future. So how do you put your head around that? How do you understand that? The devil's goal always is to discourage us, always to throw us a curveball, always to do something that kind of gets us off track. But we know that in us is that supernatural spirit of God that God supernaturally charges. We protect that. We encourage that. We feed that. How do you feed the supernatural person inside you? This Word right here, through the hearing of preaching, through the time of meditation, through the time of being quiet. We know that many individuals today, of course, are trying to find something inside them that may not exist, and that's some kind of a spiritual meaning. And that's why that many people who have never bowed their knee and bowed their heart have never experienced and invited Jesus Christ to come in. That's why that many of them are consulting seers today. Can you help me out? I feel like there is a higher power. That's why many of them are relying on a 
plan to have their palm read or something of that nature. Others are calling a 1-900 helpline for some kind of spiritual direction. And all those things are out there. But isn't it interesting that the real answer is found in Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. If you're glad you're saved, why don't you say amen tonight? You see, every man in the past and in the present and in the future was created with a spiritual chasm that only God can fill. Think with me for a moment with a spiritual chasm. And men and women have since the beginning of time have been trying to find the right fix. The children of Israel, God's chosen. Of course, Jehovah blessed them many times. What did they do? They built altars and graven images. What were they endeavoring to do? Endeavoring to say, I want to fulfill it. Maybe Jehovah's not listening. So we have this desire to build some kind of an idol, some kind of something that will bring peace to us, that will satisfy us. And we know that every single time God brought their attention back to Jehovah, brought their attention back to their Creator, brought their attention back through circumstances that maybe they did not appreciate most of the time, and said, I am. Who do you say? Who do you say? What authority? I am that I am. Hallelujah. You can face off with the greatest power, the greatest authority in the world. His name was Pharaoh, but there's still one. Hallelujah. That is on his throne. He is the great I am. Do you feel that truth in your heart and in your life today? It's the devil browbeating you to cause you to forget that the great I am still is the great I am. And more importantly, out of that Old Testament, bringing us into the New Testament, he said in the Old Testament, I was the great I am. But in the New Testament, when Jesus came, I'm here to tell you, Jesus himself through his spirit came down and filled us with the divine anointing of the Holy Ghost that you and I have power beyond any dimension known to man. How do you feel tonight? Help me out now. Here's what I believe. In these few brief moments, how many believe that? It's what I thought. <laughs> God's glory still fills the temple. His glory still fills the temple. There's a movie that Sharon likes to watch. It's called Made in Manhattan. Anybody ever seen it? I think it's Made in Manhattan. J. Lou is the star. You know who she is? Jennifer, isn't that right? Jennifer. J. J. Lo. There's a part of that movie where that, the guy who is holding an office or running for an office or trying to get reelected or something, she, of course, was a maid of the hotel he was in. How many seen the movie? May I see your hand? How many has not seen the movie? I don't care to ever see the movie. There you go. I see those hands. But, buddy, when she gets out of that maid's uniform, and she dons that sleek-looking evening gown. And around her neck is an expensive diamond necklace. 
and her hair is just right. And that ball on top of her head, I thought she's Pentecostal for a minute. She had that Pentecostal ball, but it was just a part of who it was. And they're at a dinner meeting, and he invites her to come. And, buddy, she dolls up. How many of you men's ever seen a doll that moved your heart? You better be raising your hand and saying it's your wife. There you go. He's standing there. She's dressed to beat the nines. He turns and she comes down the stairs. I can see her now. She's perfectly tanned. No very close veins. No stretch marks. He turns and looks at her at the top of the stairs. Y'all with me? Thank you. Bless you. And you can see his heart. Thank my Lord, have mercy. I have never seen anything as beautiful as that. It's just a movie. Just a movie. But Isaiah said, I looked up. Hallelujah. I did, I did not see a human body that's going to decay and one day going to die and the eyelashes are going to fall off and the mascara is going to melt down. But here's what I saw. Hallelujah. I saw a seraphim, which is the highest order of angelic beings that stand at the throne and shout, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Isaiah says, that's exactly what I saw. And when I saw him come into the temple, his train filled the temple. He was high and lifted up. Hallelujah. And my weary heart that was discouraged, my mind that was confused, my spirit that had lost its way, my passion that had diluted when I laid eyes on him it shook the temple gates uh, and it shook the ground with which I stood on and I knew hallelujah that a higher being that I've never seen before is in my presence come on and help me preach tonight I've been waiting on y'all ever since Sunday in the year of King Uzziah died somebody's got to die I saw the Lord seated on the throne high and exalted in the train of his robe filled the temple well, Uzziah, he'd uh, been king for 52 years. He was a good leader till he wasn't a good leader. His leadership gained respect through the nation of Israel all because of God's favor. If you're thinking you're doing something that's so hot shotish that it's all about you, you can forget it. Anything good happening in your life is because somebody of higher power has given you favor, amen? He can stop you on a dime, Amen. He can stop you on a dime. If he gives you a path to walk on, you ought to be shouting to high heaven, thank you for just one more day. There's a song entitled that, One More Day. His success led to, however, his drifting away from God. His drifting away from God. He was stricken with leprosy because of the spiritual rebellion. Do you know how that happened? He got so big. He's the, he's the royal order. He's one that says, okay, here's how we're going to function in the kingdom here. But here's what he did. He walked into the temple one day, and he decided 
to burn the incense and the sacrifice. I mean, after all, I'm the king. After all, I'm the one in charge. I'll go in and I'll take over the priestly responsibilities. Made a huge mistake. The Bible says that the place shook and the sun shone and hit him in the face. And the minute the sun hit him in the face, immediately he was afflicted with leprosy of the worst kind. It says his son had to take the kingdom over and get this. And when he died, he was buried in a cemetery that only paupers were buried in. What did he mean? When you try to steal the glory of the Lord, when you begin to commence to believe that you are entitled when you get to the place that you forget we were created to serve the Lord, God says there's only one person on the throne and there will be no other. We know that Uzziah, when he died, it happened. What about Isaiah? Isaiah, of course, is the voice. He is the prophet. He's the individual that's going to give the instruction. And we find that he's exhausted spiritually. Why? Well, he just became exhausted. He feels the circumstances are hopeless. He's receiving negative response because at one time when Uzziah was alive, things were going as it should go. But then when Uzziah got sick and Uzziah died and his kingdom was no more, here's what we find. They drifted away, which made the job of Isaiah more and more difficult. He feels alone and rejected, thirsty for a new anointing, and he has more questions than answers. But the responsibility that he had under God and the calling that he had under God did not leave, nor did it cease, because he didn't feel like prophesying anymore. What God has invested in you, he will not allow it to be compromised away. His future for you, his future for your ministry, his future for you personally, his future for your family is always perfect. And remember that there may be those times we want to toss, give up, we want to quit. God does not change your destination, nor does he change his call in you. His call is always above anything that you can imagine, and his anointing still rests on you. So what does he declare that you do? How do you get over being in the dump? How do you get over the anxiety? How do you get over the losses? How do you get over the scary tactics of the enemy? And there is an answer. It says, when the glory of the Lord came in, the temple gates shook. You see, the glory always come. Isaiah was awestruck, as any of us would be. The glory always comes as a result of man's spiritual hunger, man's brokenness. God's desire for intimacy. God desires to be intimate with you and man's faithfulness to God. When that temple shook, the earth responded to the presence of God. It says the seraphim literally struck across the sky like lightning. We got lightning today, powerful lightning that was there. 
And they cried out as they moved to and fro across the sky. Isaiah could see them. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. They declared the whole earth is full of God's glory. How can that be? Go to the gutters of Russia. Go to the gutters of Romania. Go to the gutters of Italy. Go to the gutters of Lakeland, Florida. Go to the gutters of New York City. You're not going to see holy, 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 holy. You're going to see lost and broken mankind. Can I say to you that God has never lowered his perspective to see the nastiness of man's efforts. God always sees a perspective of what he believes is possible when you and I get on track with holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. God does it. Though he's with you, he doesn't see your failure. He doesn't see the challenge. Though I'm telling you, he can deliver you. God always has a perspective that says, I want to take you where you need to be, and that's what I see in you. And we gather together. We know that we see in our earth the beauty of the Lord. It's just travel. I see that. I've seen a lot of the world. Blessing in our lives. Uniqueness of God's creation. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're a little bit unique. But you can take that any way you want to. How you say it matters. Of all the people that I'm known for their uniquity. You're one of them. We gather together here. In the presence of Jehovah, we come in that door. Listen carefully, friend. You entered the holy place. It might be concrete, it might be mortar, it might be steel. But when you walk in that door, you have come into what is acknowledged by human nature as the house of God. He's the king. He's the ruler. He's the leader. He's the anointed one. He is the high and lifted up. That's why he said, when you come into his presence, you say, well, pastor, I believe it. The Bible says God dwells within us. Yes, he does. But I got to tell you something. In the scripture, the temple in Jerusalem is always a focal point that represents the presence and power of God. The glory, haven't we seen it, begins to fall. The presence of the Lord is so strong that you can smell the anointing when you come in with a heart. How do you, how should you come in? The anointing begins in our hearts. The power begins to rumble in our soul. And that's why, well, you just, you people are a bunch of just emotional people. Thank God. Amen. Thank God. But you know what? Some people are learning. We, we ain't dummies either. We have something the world are so blind they can't see it 
unless we missionaries, preachers, get out in the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in and say, look what I have found. His name is Jesus. And when he touches you, you know it. That's why we shout praise and sing. Number two, point number two, it took you a long time on point number one. That's right. I told you I'd be brief. God still calls us to repentance. How many of you folk out there by a raised hand feel like you need to repent every once in a while? Come on, every once in a while, get up. How many of you think you should have repented already today a time or two? Yep, I do. I do. God knows my heart. I should have repented. You know, God still calls us to repentance. Now, what does that mean? Does that mean that my salvation is so thin? I got to say, oh, God, forgive me. God, forgive me. God, forgive me. No. I'm standing on the rock. Amen? I'm standing on the rock. I'm standing on the rock. His salvation is solid. If I choose to say, I don't like you anymore, I'm going another direction, and I curse you and forget you ever existed in my life, and I turn away, I still will never get away from God's presence. He will hunt you down. But here's what he says. Woe to me, I cried. I am ruined. Have you ever said that to somebody? You're ruined. If you haven't said that lately to somebody, maybe you ought to try it out before you get home. For I'm a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord God Almighty. In other words, I'm unclean, I'm unclean, I'm unclean, but my eyes, I have seen the Lord God Almighty. Amen? I'm not worth two cents. I blew it. I've made mistakes, but I have seen the Lord God Almighty. What does that say about the God that you serve? That he doesn't say, you're just a little mistaken nutcase there. You just fall over. You make mistakes. He said, but still there's opportunity. Hallelujah. As long as you're breathing to see the presence of the mighty king. So when that happened, when the glory and the power power fail, it shakes us to the core of our being. The anointing of the Holy Spirit peers through the in total transparency, renders us naked, demands our attention, requires us to respond and respond positively or negatively. And Isaiah said, woe is me. I'm undone and I'm a man of unclean lips. He saw his own weakness and discouragement, but my eyes I have seen. You can go home tonight and you can find you a place to pray. And you can cut the television off. And you can sit in a room and you can begin to sing your favorite little chorus. And what you will find is he will come in and you will feel his presence. Do you know why? Because what he created in us
is the same fiber of the one seated at the right hand of the Father. It's that supernatural spirit man. They get along really well, amen. When your carnal nature begins to open the door, that spirit man will connect with the Heavenly Father and with the Son through the move of the Holy Spirit. And here's what will happen. If you've got any hair on your head or on your neck, it will stand up. Trustfully, hopefully, we won't forget that. That when we're discouraged, we won't forget that. Finally, God gives us the privilege of serving him. So what do I have all this for? What do I have all this experience? What do I have that potential out there? He says God still gives us the privilege of serving him. Then I heard the voice of the Lord say, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, hey, what about me? Send me. Send me. Russia, here we come. Italy, here we come. Now Israel, to learn Arabic, here we come. You're going to go to a job tomorrow. Here we come. So let me suggest to you something. If you realize your divine purpose God's glory, his anointing, his revival, and repenting are worthless. Get this, all of that is worthless unless it brings you to a point of surrender to service. Isn't that right, doctor? To a surrender of service. All that I saw the Lord... Holy, holy, holy. I might as well just do a little yard talk here. One of the things that irritates me are people that chase every fanning move of what they consider a move of the Holy Spirit. And they go here and there and yon and spend their money traveling to go here, there, and yon so they can get a little more dab will do you. But if you ask them where they go to church and you ask them what they do in that local church, they cannot tell you what that is because they're chasing a little dab will do you. That is not God's will. God said, I'll give you all you can handle if you pay attention to me, roll your sleeves up, get involved, and watch people come to faith in Jesus Christ. You will be fulfilling the will of God. Here's what he said. God said, who will assume the role of the priesthood, the prophet, and the messenger for my people? Whom will I send? He said, here am I. He no longer is the person that said, I'm a man of unclean lips. Why? Because he saw the Lord. That will resolve 100% of our problems. Here's what else I want you to notice there. The transformation before he had been discouraged, feeling alone, full of questions. Now he's enthusiastically moving forward. Why? Because he had been touched by the anointing of the king. His heart had been purged. God, I have repented. His physical body felt the touch of God. And God speaks to him and declares, hey, listen, nothing outside is going to change. You may open up tomorrow and nothing outside, no circumstance, no challenge may change. But here's what you need to know. You'll be different. You'll be different. And if you stay different, your perspective of what it looks like out there will change. 
And you'll begin to see what God sees. And God then will have clear opportunity to work in and through you. He said, here's what's going to happen. You're still going to be rejected. How many of you by raised hands ever been rejected? Never felt good, did it? Did it? Never felt? I think I'll come across somebody today who will reject me. I've been rejected a lot. A lot. Deaf ears are still not going to listen. Why? What does he say? But there will be a remnant. There'll be a remnant, Isaiah. There'll be a remnant that they have ears to hear and have a desire for their soul to be changed. You get out there and you preach it. You get out there and you declare it. You get out there and prophesy. In the text, here's what he says. I want you to, I want you to know as, uh, as you under, understand that. He said, woe to those, um, let's see, the sixth, uh, sixth chapter here. He said, I, they, they, will, they will hear but not have understanding. They will see but they will not perceive. They will listen but they will not act. That's what he says. So Isaiah, don't expect that to change. But when you walk out there, different. There is a power in you that will cause that which is deficient to bow down. Maybe a small number, he says a tenth. So Isaiah is a new man. All because he was broken all because God looked down and said, the presence is there, and he can touch your life tonight. All because, he said, I'm a man of unclean lips. What did the seraphim do? <laughs> Seraphim's the highest order of the angelic beings. They're the ones that stand around the throne, and all they do is holy, holy, holy. That's all they ever do, holy, holy, holy. They don't get tired of it. But one of them reached down. And took a coal off the altar. And he said, when he touched my lips with that hot coal, hallelujah. I'm here to tell you, you can take a hot coal and touch you anywhere, and you're going to be different. <laughs> but if he touches your lips, now there is a new voice that's going to pour out of those lips. That says in me, we call it the baptism. In me, hallelujah, is a power that is unbelievable. And so tonight when we, for example, took that altar, we functioned as a holy people. We functions as a people said, we will be with you. We function as a people that God gives us favor. We function as a people that God says, I can flow through you because you're looking for more of me. Amen? Let's stand to your feet and give the Lord a clap offering. I see you. I told you to be short and brief. <laughs> Heavenly Father, I'm so thankful because I realize that you are on your throne. Hallelujah. Jesus, the Son of God, you're at the right hand of the Heavenly Father, and you're making intercession. There are things I'm going to face all of us are going to face tomorrow, the next day, next week, next month, next year that my Savior already knows about and already interceding for me. But God, I pray, we often pray, God, send revival to America. There is something stirring. 
And God, the, uh, the world out there, seers would say the stars are beginning to line up. Well, that's their language. Here's what I do know, that one day the presence of the Holy Spirit is going to get together with the Son of God, and Jehovah God is going to look over, hallelujah, to Gabriel, and together they're going to say, Gabriel, get that thing out and begin to let it fly and blow it, hallelujah. And the most powerful thing known to man, bodies are going to come out of those graves, and those of us who are alive and remain are going to be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. Hallelujah. And then we're going to enjoy the holiness of God. And then after seven years of tribulation, you're going to come back and rule and reign for a thousand years and the enemy's going to be unleashed for a period of time. And then you're going to lock him up and throw him in the pit forever. And those of us, oh God, are going to be declaring holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty for all of eternity eternity, never to come back and return again. So God, we want to behave that way. We want to get rid of our childish desires and our fears and our anxieties, and we want to, we want to start behaving like king's kids and individuals that has that kind of anointing on us. For with the anointing of God, it breaks the yoke of bondage and the things the enemy places in our path to trip us up to bring discouragement, to create fear and doubt, that has no place because we are anointed by your Spirit. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. So if you're here tonight and you're not right with Jesus in your heart, you came to the right night. If you're listening online in your heart, God knew you would be tuned in right here and right now. And you need to get things right. What did Isaiah do? He, he humbled himself. He was broken. And he said, oh God, I am undone. I am unclean. If that's what you say, here's what he'll do. You just became the perfect vessel for God to come in and fill up with something new and special and powerful. So would you repeat this prayer after me, everybody? Dear Jesus. Dear Jesus. I thank you for the love that you've given to me. I thank you for your favor. I thank you for your blessing. I thank you for your anointing. But God, I need to tell you something. I haven't done everything that I need to do. I've not been faithful, and I need forgiveness. So I'm asking you right now, purify my heart. Purify my mind. Create in me a new heart. Lord, I thank you because today I will roll my sleeves up and I will do the work of the Father and give you praise and honor and glory in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 We're going to worship. We're going to worship. You need prayer. God spoke to your heart. You need to unload something. You need direction. You need, you just need your, 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 your understanding is cloudy because you can't, you just can't get direction. Come on down here and let the anointing of God just hit you. Hallelujah. And your mind will clear up and God will give you. And then some of you, what you need to do is right before you. It's right before you. It's right there. You can touch it, but you don't have the faith to reach out and take it. You just come on down. God will just reach and put it right up to you. And put that hot coal on you. He can do that. 
That's all I know to do. If you need healing, you come now. We're going to wait a moment, sing this song, and then we're going to let you go with a benediction. Here we go, everybody. Because there's somebody in this house, you haven't moved. For the pressure and the anxiety that comes against you, the frustration of misunderstanding, the challenge of the very core of who you are is upon you but I have come to heal you I've come to deliver you I've come to anoint you I've come to be a friend to you in the midst of your challenge but listen pay attention and be obedient as I speak to your heart for my honor and my glory if you haven't responded yet we're going to sing it again Wait with us one more time. Would you wait just a moment? Here we go, everybody. If you haven't come. As I come into your presence, past the gates of praise, into your sanctuary, to we're standing face to face. Look upon your Don't wait anybody else, friend. Come on down. Your leadership, look out. Sing with me. We're awesome in this place. Mighty God. You are awesome in this place. Sing it again. We're going to wait on you. Wait on you. Awesome in this place. 
Father, we thank you for your word tonight for every person that's here, every individual online. We thank you because we know we heard from you tonight. We want to leave this room with something in our heart, in our spirit that says, God, I just want to move the needle a little bit. I just want a little bit more. God, would you do that? Would you bring us back in here and may this place Sunday morning be filled with the power, the presence, and the anointing of God who's ready to challenge and change people. We're just believing you for it. And God, if we have friends that, that we haven't talked to in a while, get them on in the church, invite them in, for we know that God will do something miraculous in their lives. We are standing on your word and we believe that you are here for us and with us. In Jesus' name. Amen. They're going to worship about another five minutes. You're welcome to hang out. God bless you. Love you, everybody. Tell somebody that they look good and just mean it if you can, okay?